This is DW News, live from Berlin. The crisis over Ukraine escalates. The US is moving 3,000 troops to beef up its presence in Europe. Russia denounces the deployment as destructive and likely to increase tensions even further. And just a day to go before the Winter Olympics begin in Beijing, but worries over China's poor human rights record could push sport to the sidelines. I'm Gerhard Elfers. Welcome to the program. Germany's Chancellor Olaf Scholz has said he's planning to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin to discuss tensions over Ukraine. Scholz has been facing pressure to take a tougher stance on Russia, with critics accusing Germany of being out of step with its allies in tackling the crisis. He's now trying to reassure people that Germany is indeed pulling its weight. Of course, I have also spoken with the Russian president, and of course, we are carefully preparing everything that needs to be done. I will now be going to the US, and I will be continuing the conversation on the necessary issues in Moscow soon. It's important that the policies of the European Union and NATO are coordinated, but it's also important that the decisions that we take are the result of sound preparation and hard work. Germany's Chancellor Olaf Scholz speaking there. Meanwhile, the U.S. is mobilizing 3,000 troops to reassure its allies in Eastern Europe in the face of ever-growing tensions with Russia. The U.S. soldiers will not be sent to Ukraine itself, but to Germany, Poland and Romania to deter Russia from invading Ukraine. The Kremlin says the troop buildup will only increase tensions, but Washington has decided to stop calling an invasion imminent, saying Russia's intentions remain unclear. Another day, another increase in tension over Ukraine. The U.S. is sending 2,000 soldiers to Poland and Germany, while another 1,000 move from Germany to Romania. The current situation demands that we reinforce the deterrent and defensive posture on NATO's eastern flank. President Biden has been clear that the United States will respond to the growing threat to Europe's security and stability. Our commitment to NATO, Article 5, and collective defense remains ironclad. The Pentagon made it clear that no U.S. soldiers will fight in Ukraine. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said diplomacy comes first, but no options are off the table. We only think about peace. We only think about the return of our occupied territories and only through diplomacy. We will not give up a single piece of our land today. We will not give up our territories, no matter what the price. Despite Zelensky's reassurances, others are preparing to do battle if it comes to a fight. Former boxing champion Vladimir Klitschko signed up for the army. His brother Vitali accompanied him in a show of support. We are not weak, and any aggressor have to understand if they do it activity, aggressive activity against Ukraine, they have to pay huge price for that. We're ready to fight. Leaked documents confirmed by the Pentagon revealed the backroom diplomatic efforts to avoid war. The US offered Russia access to inspect key military sites in return for a de-escalation. Russia says it has no intention to invade Ukraine 
But these pictures released by Russia's defense ministry showing joint combat drills with Belarus send a clear message. Russia is not backing down. Well, for more on uh, Germany's role in all this, we're now joined by uh, Ralf Stegner, who sits on the German Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee for the governing SPD, the Social Democrats. Mr. Stegner, Chancellor Scholz is going to Moscow. Will he be representing Europe and the NATO allies or just Germany and its national interest? No, good morning. Uh, I think uh, it's clear that we only act together with our allies and therefore we're talking about a common European position and the common NATO position, um, which has two uh, points. One is uh, that if the Russians would invade the Ukraine, there would be a strong and common, clear answer to that. So what could there be accept, then, this strong uh, and calm right, and clear answer? Order. Well, I don't think that it's very uh, smart to speculate in the public about sanctions and things like that. If you play a chess game, you don't uh, tell the other side publicly your moves. Yet on the other side, and that's number two of uh, the uh, common uh, will, is to really try everything which is diplomatic possible to prevent that from happening. And in diplomatic talks behind closed doors, I think it has to be made clear uh, that the Russians would pay a high price mm. uh, if they should invade the Ukraine. Yet, we should not uh, be easy on thinking what a war in the middle of Europe would mean. Therefore, we really should do anything that's possible in diplomatic terms to prevent that from happening. And I think there we should really mm. emphasize this point rather than speculating about war. Well, you, uh, you mentioned that it is necessary to find a common solution, a common uh, European and, and, and NATO solution. Uh, but uh, isn't Germany isolated uh, at the moment with firm decision not to send any, any weapons, for example? No, I don't think so. First of all, there are different roles and we don't find it uh, a good thing to send weapons into regions of tension. Weapons won't uh, solve this problem here. We have to talk about the diplomatic formats as there are OSCE or the Normandy formats or revitalizing the Minsk Accords, which both sides not uh, adhere to to the moment, uh, rather than talking about uh, more arms. Uh, there is no military solution to that conflict. And what we also have to accept, whether we agree with it or not, that there are different perceptions uh, as far as threats are concerned on both sides. And uh, we really don't agree with the Russian position on that, but it's necessary to talk about that, to find common ground and to avoid uh, military tension uh, in the middle of Europe. Mm. So talking about perceptions, Chancellor Scholz now says Nord Stream 2, the big gas pipeline, is at risk of if, uh, being cancelled if Russia attacks. But many allies aren't convinced, especially because he called it a private project in December. How much is Germany's reliance on Russian energy driving government policy? Well, I don't think that this has anything to do with the uh, tensions, the political tensions we have. And uh, I think it's correct. It's an economic project, which we have differences about with the United States, for instance, which is normal that you not agree with everything between allies in economic uh, affairs. Yet, uh, I don't think it's uh, a good thing to speculate about how the sanctions would be. Clear is, if 
the Russians should invade the Ukraine. Everything is on the table, but it doesn't make any sense to speculate about so including that, Nord Stream uh, 2? As far as... Well, everything is on the table. If there should be war, the Luxembourg uh, foreign minister uh, said uh, if the Russians would wait, invade the Ukraine, the doors would be closed for 10 to 20 years. So that doesn't make any sense. And we, our task is to prevent that from happening. And by the way, because you said Germany would be isolated, we are the ones that supports Ukraine economically more than any other country does. Uh, and... Uh, help the Ukrainians. So uh, you shouldn't leave that out. And I just don't think that the war talk and that uh, sending weapons into the region makes any sense in terms of uh, preserving uh, peace and uh, preventing military actions to happen in the middle of Europe. Ralf Stegner, the leading member of the governing SPD here in Germany. Thank you very much, Mr. Stegner. Thank you. Now it's time for a roundup of some of the other stories making headlines today. Shares in Facebook owner Meta plunged by 20% in after-hours trading on Wednesday, knocking a massive $200 billion off the company's value. The fall came after chief executive Mark Zuckerberg told investors that Meta expected first quarter revenues to dip due to competition from rivals such as TikTok. Rescue and cleanup efforts are underway in Ecuador's capital, Quito, after floods caused a landslide. At least 24 people died after the rainfall, the country's heaviest in nearly two decades. A dozen people are still missing. Authorities haven't ruled out the danger of further landslides. Beijing will become the first city in history to host both the Summer and Winter Olympics when the latter officially begins on Friday, with almost 3,000 athletes competing for sporting glory over the coming weeks. Despite having spent more than 3.5 billion euros in preparation for the international sporting event, China has found itself at the center of controversy in the build-up. Political, environmental and health concerns have been dominating headlines, with sports at risk of becoming a sideshow. Joining me now from Beijing is Jonathan Crane from DW Sports. Jonathan, you've been in Beijing now for a couple of days. What's it been like living in the Olympic bubble? I have to say it's been a very surreal experience, like nothing I've experienced before. From the moment we landed in Beijing on Tuesday, we were greeted at the airport by ground staff in hazmat suits, marshaled through every step of the airport from PCR tests, to uh, customs and immigration. And then we had to wait in our hotel room for that all-important negative test result. Thankfully, I got it, which means uh, I can enter the bubble properly. But the bubble is effectively a city within this city. We can only be in the hotel or games venues. Special transport takes us in between. And as you can see behind me, the Olympic Stadium is there. This is as far as we can go within this media compound. We're gated off. We're watching the people on the other side. They're watching us. It's a really bizarre situation, Gerhard. Uh, these, these aren't the first games to take place during the coronavirus pandemic. Have you had the feeling that Beijing was able to learn from Tokyo? 
I think in many ways, Tokyo was the blueprint and Beijing has taken that and they will say improved on it. The bubble is certainly far stricter here. Don't forget, China has a zero COVID policy. It wants to stop the spread of the virus, eradicate it completely. So what that means in practice for these Olympics are we are completely sealed off. Whereas in Tokyo, there was a bubble. The bubble, though, had holes. Local staff could come and go and all participants could actually leave the bubble after two weeks. We have to be within it for the entire uh, time of the Olympics. We're closely watched. It's, it's impossible to, to leave it, really. We're sealed in at our hotel. It's gated off. It really hits home. That gate only opens to allow transport to, to uh, come and go. And I see President Thomas Bach today. They've been having their big meeting today. He was talking about the Olympic ideals and the Olympic values. And he said, uh, the Olympics is about always building bridges, never erecting walls. Well, I think the irony of that probably hasn't been lost on the people here. Now, especially for the athletes, how, how, has it been, how has it been for them to prepare under these conditions? Yeah, absolutely. Not only have they had to worry about preparing for their event, they've also been very worried about the coronavirus. Athletes we spoke to uh, before they came to Beijing were terrified of testing positive once they got here even though they would have had two negative tests to arrive. China has a higher threshold for coronavirus tests. So they were really worried about testing positive and being in an isolation facility. And that really was underscored last night. The uh, Belgian uh, skeleton racer, Kim Marlemans, posted a really emotional video on Instagram. She was crying because she tested positive when she arrived. She was in an isolation facility. And then she thought after testing negative, she was going to be allowed back into the Olympic Village. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case initially. She was taken to another facility. She didn't know what was going on. Eventually, after posting her video, which got a lot of attention, she was then taken to the Olympic Village and is in a separate isolation room in the Olympic Village. But really, other athletes will be looking at her and thinking, I hope I don't end up in that situation. It's a really precarious situation for them. Four years of hard work potentially could be down the drain. Jonathan Crane from Beijing. Thank you, Jonathan. A major snowstorm is causing widespread disruption in parts of the United States at the moment. But some are reveling in this cold weather. This polar bear in a Chicago zoo can't seem to get enough of the fresh powdery stuff. Hudson, as he's called, is clearly in his element. The state of Illinois and parts of northern Indiana are expecting up to 45 centimeters of fresh snow by the end of Thursday. He's clearly enjoying himself. You're watching DW News. Here's a reminder of the top story we're following for you. Germany's Chancellor Olaf Scholz has said he will meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin to discuss tensions over Ukraine. And the US at the same time is deploying additional troops to Europe in a show of solidarity with Ukraine and its NATO allies. That's it from me for now. Rebecca Ritters will have an update for you at the top of the hour. I'm Gerhard Elfers in Berlin. Thanks for watching.